Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tovia Kopsty. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. This is Tuvia Kapstein. And in this episode, we have the pleasure of sitting down again with Jackie Rosenbaum. And Jackie is back on the podcast because her podcast was actually the most popular as of yet. Jackie has an incredible story of being involved with theater and film and then having a sort of religious transformation, leaving that world of theater and film for quite a while, a serious extended break, and then finally coming to the realization that she needs to be back in it because that's really what she was made for. And so we rehash the story, but we get a lot more clarity, a lot more insights, a totally new light shed on this, hopefully. And we hope you like this episode. In the meantime, I'm excited to tell you that we have a sponsor for this episode. And here is the sponsor message. What is the most important part of any business, enterprise, or organization? I'll give you a second to think about that one. It's you as the CEO, the entrepreneur, or the director. And that's why we are proud to announce the sponsor of this week's episode with Jackie Robinson. Rosenbaum (laughs) is not Jackie Robinson, that's somebody else, is Ellie Rosenfeld. Ellie Rosenfeld's next level clients, consulting and coaching firm. So Next Level Clients is an extraordinary organization working with hundreds of CEOs around the world, making them not only better at what they do, but better leaders, better executives, and also better husbands and parents. If you act now, you can find out what coaching can do for you by booking your free consultation at www.elierosenfeld.com. That's E-L-Y-R-O-S-E-N-F-E-L-D. Dot com. And without further ado, a little bit of further ado, I should mention that Our Tribe, the podcast is powered by the Podcast Fellowship, which is the international Jewish outreach organization helping Jewish young people all over the world connect to their heritage by empowering them with knowledge and connecting them with mentors. Without further ado, now are we for real, Our Tribe, the podcast with Jackie Rosenbaum. Okay, we are here with Jackie Rosenbaum. How are you, Jackie? I'm so good. Thank you. Thank God. How are you? Very, very good. Okay. Thank God. And now we're going to just, just to give a context in case nobody, in case somebody didn't hear our interview or our podcast with you, which by the way, is our most downloaded podcast of all the ones we've got done so far, about 22 or 23. Um, let me try attempt to recap the story from what I remember and your whole life story. I'm going to do it in just a few minutes. And then you'll, you'll interject, you'll interject (laughs) with all the things I got wrong. And that's, oh yes, definitely. Okay. Okay, So if I like your version better, I might just leave it. Okay. Okay, I'll try to, I'll try to glamor. (laughs) What's the word? I don't remember. Glorify, glamor, glamorize, glamorize. Okay. So, okay. So Jackie, you are from Toronto and you grew up in a very, in a traditional Jewish home, correct? Not, I mean, what would you say? Not really, just we we did certain things and not others. We kept okay. we kept kosher, but we didn't really have like Friday night dinner. You know what I mean? I feel like the word traditional means like Friday night dinner, but we don't know why we're doing it. That's traditional. We were the opposite. We knew why we were doing things, but we just didn't do a lot of it. Okay. So, I don't know what. There's not a name for that. We're probably the only people who who are like that. So I don't I'm know. <laughs> 
yeah. And you discovered you discovered at at uh, in your young teens a a talent for for theater for for film, and I always was... liked acting. Even younger than teens, really, I yeah. always just loved acting. And those are like you know the games that I liked to play when I was little. And when I was around ten or eleven, I was you know at a sleepover with a couple of friends of mine, and we were playing one of those you know make believe games. And one of them said, "Oh my gosh, like." you should take drama with us. You would love it. It was like, turned out that both of these friends were in this drama class together. And I was like, do they make you perform on stage though? Cause if so, then I'm out. <laughs> and she's like, no, she doesn't force you to, but like, you know, she prepares you to, and it's okay, whatever. So I'm like, fine, as long as she doesn't force you to, then I'll do it. And it turns out that, yeah, by the end of the year, when we're, you know, we're all comfortable and obviously being on stage and getting experience in front of people is one of the best things that helps prepare you to, you know, like feel okay or about things like that. So thank God that was also part of my journey is actually <laughs> learning to somehow get comfortable and, you know, actually being in front of people. But I just loved acting. I didn't want to do it to be in front of an audience or anything like that. I don't know. I just loved it. So I started studying it that it was a pretty serious class. It turned out to be this friend's drama class from 11. And then I did it all through high school. And then toward the end of high school, I decided to um, try to get an agent. Thank God one agent took me on even without any experience besides my like theater, you know, <laughs> theater school, you know, um, competition wins or whatever you call them. And yeah, thank God. So, I don't know if I can say yet the rest is history, but I started booking work. So that's good. <laughs> okay. So then you were involved at, we'll, we'll get into the, the different projects if, if those, the questions from the audience bring us there, but you were involved with different different projects in in TV and then eventually in in film or, mm -hmm. or it was all the same time it was all you know all just the yeah. mesh of well it was all within i guess uh, it must have been like a maybe like an 8 or 9 year period that i was mm -hmm. working i think nine, six, seven, eight, something like that from okay. when i got my agent to when i moved overseas okay and then you and then you had at some point how old were you when you had a, a sort of Jewish awakening to your the the need you felt the need to discover your Jewish roots and you you sort of put the Hollywood career on the back burner when was that yeah so again the truth is I always felt a, a pull toward Jewish observance I always felt that it wasn't like I didn't care most of my life and all of a sudden something happened and then I cared like I always wanted to I always thought like you know why don't we keep Shabbat and maybe we should and I tried to a few times like with friends of mine in high school you know I just didn't know how to so it's like, you know, my friend and I one weekend are like, let's try to keep Shabbat this week. Like, okay. So like I went to her house and we sat on her mom's kitchen floor. You know what I'm saying? And we just hung out and didn't turn on lights together. Like it was like cool. Like that, I was like, what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? So um that's, so I was always pulled to try to and want to. But when did I get more information was when I was in university. I think I was about 24, I must have been. And then I got, I, I got involved with the Maimonides program, which I don't know if people know about it. It's like a campus program. I think it still goes on. So it was like when I did, it was the first time that it was in Canada at all was on my campus. The last semester that I was a student. So it was like, I got in right under the wire. So it was cool. And then there were, you know, actual, um, you know, Orthodox people who like knew what they were doing and knew how to, you know, do things. And then I was able to ask questions and meet people and go to 
people for Shabbat. That was really the main thing was eventually I learned that I could like invite myself to anybody's house for Shabbat. I probably went overboard with that. But when I learned that that's like, oh my gosh, people like want to have guests and they like having guests and like I could have like a fully packaged Shabbos whenever I wanted to. I literally from the moment that I found that out, I was choosing to go to different places or, or keep Shabbat myself since then. I didn't commit to Shabbos in that moment. It was months before I had, I ended up, it was, it was actually with a, a gig that I ended up booking. Um, and that's how I ended up telling my agent, like accidentally that I, that I, I'm committed to Shabbos now, but it was like months of me every single week. I just happened to have chosen. Yeah. I want to keep Shabbos, this Shabbos also. And I would go to different families because that's the only way that I knew how to. It's like I was, if I was in an environment where they were keeping Shabbos. Okay. So then. I would know what to do and they would like, I didn't know there was anything to do to keep Shabbos. I just knew that there were things to not do, you know, so you can't really do that on your own. So, well, it's not gonna, it's not so sustainable. <laughs> so, when I was, <laughs> so when I was with people who were like, Oh, we're, we're supposed to have a meal and here's meal and you, you, they play games or do, I don't know what they do and take a nap. And then you have another meal and you go and there's a class and like, there's things to do. That was what allowed me to be able to, you know, to do it if I chose to. It was like that structure and the kind people who open their homes and everything like that, that allowed me to do it. So, so it wasn't so much, I wouldn't really say it was an awakening even. It was just like an opportunity that I decided to take. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So now when you are, you, you went overseas, you went to Israel to study and, and in the meantime, your agent is, is pers- was pursuing you and, and saying, let's book this gig, this gig. No, he was, he had different opportunities for you. And there was yeah. more, of, more and more of attention. And, and you said he, I remember the conversation before he was oh. very, very patient, like an angel. Yeah. I think he used that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very patient. Eventually you told him, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not pursuing this career. I'm the, I, I, right. Is that correct? Not exactly. So it was kind of basically like, yeah, when the first uh, couple of months that I was in Israel, he called me and he said, Hey, guess what? I might've just got you a gig without you having to audition. I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was right. It was right after I was, I was like, I realized like, when am I going to go back? I don't know. You know, like the only reason to go back would be for work, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to go back yet. And then I realized that there were a couple of things that I had, open like let's say like I was in an animated series that was gonna go to a second season we just didn't know when yet and there was a tv movie that I had done that was they were talking about um that like they put me on hold basically to possibly um turn it into a series like they were gonna they were considering turning it into a series so I was like okay look I have I don't really have an excuse to go back because I have two like rare opportunities you know, that actors usually don't have because usually, yeah, you have to audition and you have to show up and get, you know, in order to get opportunities. So I like meditated on it that day. And I was like, dude, shoot, like, I don't really have an excuse to go back for work because if Hashem wants me to leave Israel now, then I, he can give me one of these opportunities. I was like, oh man. So then what happened was, within- I understand, I understand. He can give you one of these opportunities in where you are in Israel. Well, I would go back then. But I'm saying, even if I was in Israel, I didn't have to audition for these because there were already things that I had been doing uh-huh. that all I, all, it was like, oh, you know, your animated series is going back to a second season starting next month. So we need you back then. Oh, okay. So, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to usually it's like a new opportunity. You get a new audition and then you audition and then you wait and see if you get it. And then if you get like, that's 
usually how it works, right? Unless if you're on a series already, then that's, you don't have to re-audition every episode. You know what I'm saying? If you book that. So I'm saying I had booked and worked on a couple of projects that I realized while I was in Israel the first time that I didn't need to go back and audition, like to go back to Toronto to just, just to open myself up to audition to new things in order to get, have work. Right. So I'm saying, even though going back for work seemed like a reasonable thing that I would do, <laughs> um, I realized that I didn't have to at that time, the first time I was there, um, I didn't have to go back just to audition for new things that might come up because there were a couple of things kind of in the balance that were going to come up anyway that I could book or I could be informed about while I was in Israel, even without auditioning. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, fine. Now, did, what did, happened you actually, was, yeah, did you actually take those opportunities? That's no. Great. So what happened was, was within a couple of days of my realizing that, that I don't have to go back just to audition. I'm like, oh no, I have no reason to necessarily go back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it was just for work, my agent called me and said, Hey, guess what? I just might have booked, you know, got you something without you having to audition. I was like, amazing. What's the story? And he said, basically it was, um, the producers were, I think producers of something I had just worked on. I just did like a, I don't remember what it was, maybe an episodic or something like that. And so they knew me already. They worked with me and he submitted me just by submitting my demo reel for this. It was, this was also for a, like a guest lead on an, an episode of the show that was shooting in Toronto at the time. And he said, um, so usually what happens is there's a, you know, they have, they see a certain number of actors for any particular role and like t- at an audition. And then they, you know, narrow it down to which ones of them they want to have for a callback. And sometimes they tag somebody as like first pick. Mm-hmm. For the like that they think that they're leaning toward this person, but let's anyway have callbacks with these few people and see what happens, right? So he goes, I just submitted you with your demo reel and right now your first pick, mm-hmm. which and like I didn't even audition. I didn't even know that this was happening. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, cool, you know? So then I realized that that was like a third, like a way that I didn't even know, you know what I'm saying? Like what that taught me was you don't need to figure out how like God is going to, do something for you. It's not like, oh, I know that there's like, okay, I was, I did the first season of an animated series and I know for a fact it was going to come back for a second season. I just didn't know when. So now I know, like now I can rest assured that there's a way that God could tell like, could bring me work or, you know what I'm saying? In a, in a natural way, it's reasonable to think that. And it's, and it's okay to do that. But what ended up happening was something in a completely like unnatural or supernatural way basically that doesn't often happen where it's like I didn't even show up and whatever anyway he called me back a few days later that I booked the gig also without showing up (laughs) and um that whatever same lesson that it's like wow okay fine you know you don't have to it was just a big lesson in in trust in God that you don't have to with our human minds even if our human minds can't figure out yet how like where the um you know Yeshua how do you say that in English is going to come from like where the help for the the salvation the salvation there you go you know the fix the whatever is going to come from it's like God doesn't need us to figure out like he's smarter than us basically. You know what I'm saying? He can, he can figure it out. So, so did you take that gig? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> okay got it. I flew back, but then I came back to Israel Okay. after that. And that's the whole story. Then there was also like twitches 
a movie that I did. Um, I, I, I did that. And then I came back to Israel again. And then I also got an email shortly after from my agent that they're doing the sequel Twitches 2 and they want me back for that. And I thank God. And I also flew back for that. I was back for about six weeks or whatever. And so that was kind of what I wanted to do is I wanted to, you know, I was, I was flying back and forth a bit doing, you know, work and everything. And then this is now finally getting to, I think, the answer to your question, which is that I, I just realized like I wanted to stay in Israel more, you know, and that was more, I didn't really choose. I feel like I wasn't really choosing like, Hey, listen, you know, I don't want to pursue acting anymore. Or like, I don't care about acting anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. But I was just so like, Israel was so new to me still, even though I was there for a few years and I was learning for a couple of years and it was just so like, there's just so much to learn and so much to know. And it's such a magical place. Like you feel it's different when you breathe the air, you know what I'm saying? Like, People who aren't there, like, you, you need to experience it. It's just so different. It's so a, a different plane of existence. It's so, it's so enthralling. You know what I'm saying? It's just hard to, when you're there, it's hard to, like, um, A, it's hard to leave, and B, it's hard to, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to explain what it's hard to do. But anyway, so it wasn't really, <laughs> so he just called me what, so, so he called me, um, my agent and, um, at the, at, you know, the, the end of that year after I did Twitches too. And I told him, which was true. I said, like, listen, I got, I want to stay for another year and learn because I got like scholarship money to, to study for another year, which was true. And I wanted to take advantage of that. It was some sort of like Israeli government thing or whatever for students or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I want to take that opportunity. And he said, okay, fine. You know, which was so kind of him. Like he waited for me for an entire year. Like who does that? You know what I'm saying? And I was just so grateful. But again, being there for another year, you just get so like wrapped up in being there and what it's like and whatever. And then, you know, just also hearing and different ideas about, oh, like acting, like people have, people have such, um, I don't know, there's connotation, potentially even stigma, which even before I became religious, I was sensitive to, like, I didn't, I didn't used to tell people that I was an actress when I was doing it full time before I was religious, nothing to do with that. Just cause I didn't, I didn't feel like it defined me. And I didn't like that. That was the first thing that people knew about me. If, if you, you meet somebody you say, Hey, what do you do? You know, if you say like, Oh, I'm an actress or actor even, or whatever, it just sounds like, okay, sure. Whatever. Like, even if I was working, there's just so many judgments and stuff that came along with it that I just happened to not relate to. Maybe if I related to the judgments and <laughs> that went along with it, I wouldn't mind. I don't know. I relate but I, to what you're saying because I, 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 I'm just thinking, imagining myself meeting somebody and say, asking, so what do you do professionally? I say, I'm an actress or actor. I say, okay, so that means that you want to be. <laughs> Exactly. It means that you just you you tried to audition for a commercial and you haven't been called back. And you think you're an actor, and you're, exactly. Sure. And even if I was working, like what that like because again, within the first year, I was I was I, I booked the Disney pilot. You know what I'm saying? And I I worked on camera. Like it wasn't that I was it wasn't that I didn't have a career, and that's why. But also, it's just like oh, like you think you're cute and you can talk, or like oh, you think you want to be famous, or you're you're an airhead. You couldn't do anything else. You don't have like actual skills so you're trying to you know what i'm saying like just all of those kind of things you're not you know <laughs> so like yeah. i just i was like who cares what we do let's talk about ideas let's talk about what we care about like i don't know whatever i just mm-hmm. like i just didn't want it there's whichever way you're or even a lot of people thought it was cool also but it's like okay but then they just slot me as you know what I'm saying? either way for the positive or the negative i just wanted to like be able to meet people for who 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 we are and everything like that anyway 
Because you're, reala- you're realizing that after this year, the additional year, and then is th- was there a point where there was a total break or am I? No. So yeah. Th- so this is what I was saying that I, that even before there, I knew that there were like, you know, connotations and stigmas and whatever, like that I was sensitive to before. So then after this second year or whatever of learning in Israel and, and also hearing ideas now from also a different perspective, which is like a l- religious perspective, which I valued also and more at the time also that like, you know, is this an appropriate career for especially female for, first of all, any, any observant Jew, particularly female, you know, if you're, let's say on camera stuff, like, let's say I, I kept doing, you know, um, voiceover work because that's at least you're not seen and that's a whole different, you know, thing. But, um, so, so, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being immersed in all these different ideas that, that specifically that year, but also the other year <laughs> that I was there so far that is like, is this, is, could this possibly really be what God wants me to do with my life? Like, is this important? Is this appropriate? Is this like the, most important thing that I can, you know what I'm saying? Bring it, it just seemed like, okay, even if I like it and okay, I was doing it, I was just like, you know what, if, if, um, you know, I, I could, if I, I could just go in a, in a different direction, that's maybe something that's like more appropriate or more like it just in general, right. Taking myself out of the equation of who I am and what's, and that God does have a different plan for every individual, you know, and maybe it's not this type of thing that in general that people should try to, you know, pursue or get their kids into or whatever. But if it happens to be that, you know, this was happened to have been my life path. I didn't grow up religious. I didn't grow up knowing that there was anything wrong with it. And I, and I don't know if there is, you know, but when also I was just processing all those different kind of ideas, like, is this the right thing for someone to do? I happen to be someone, you know, someone religious. I wasn't saying like, if Hashem gave me this kind of pull and draw and was showing me success in it and, and, and bringing me on in that path doesn't necessarily mean also that it's the right thing for you to do if Hashem is showing you success in something. Right. But so I was trying to evaluate all that. And I, I think I was still in the process of processing that and trying to figure that out when my agent called me at the end of that year, which makes sense because I told him I'm staying for another year. So that's why I didn't, I didn't initiate like, let's say calling him or even updating him. Right. About, cause I told him a year. And then at the end of that year, even toward the end of the summer, I was like, I didn't really decide what I wanted to do yet. If I wanted to go back, if it was right to go back, if I wanted to, you know, still keep just going back and forth. And as long as I just come back and reconnect, like I didn't know yet. So that, so I, the way that it probably seemed is like I dropped the ball on it or I wasn't being upfront or I was trying, like, I don't know what he thought, but it would, but I see that it was, it's not the way that I usually conduct myself is, is to not even like update somebody and saying, listen, you know, I know I told you I'd get back to you by now, or I know I told you I'd have an answer by now. I just, I, I need another month or I need another day or let me, let's just like, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't get back to him with, with, with let's say when I was coming back, because what I told him is I want another year. And then the assumption was, and then I'm coming back, which was probably what I meant at the time also and what I wanted. But like when he called me, since I also, I didn't know that he was going to call and I didn't know that I needed to have a prepared answer by then. And I hadn't, again, I was still kind of in the process of what am I doing? What's the right thing to do? And, and trying to figure all that out. So what happened was that he said to me in the midst of that conversation, cause I, he could, I was probably hemming and hawing, you know, which was, that was my, <laughs> that was my clearest answer at the time, which is like, I don't know. He said, you know what? Let's just face it. You moved to Israel 
you know, <laughs> which was a reasonable assumption because I went there, I was still there and I didn't have a ticket back yet. And I didn't know when I was coming back. So again, I kind of felt like, I don't know what to do with this. My first response was, no, 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 I didn't. I didn't make a decision yet or whatever. But then I felt like, but if I say that and I, you know, and I say, let me get back to you tomorrow, let me get back to you next week. Then I'm like, well, am I going to have a decision next week? Am I going to have a decision tomorrow? If it's, if the decision is the same, yeah, you know what? I am staying. Then would I, I feel worse about kind of pushing it off more. If my decision was, okay, I'm coming back. Is that really the right decision? Or, or am I just like, like I, I was too scared at the time also to say that, like I wasn't ready and I didn't want to really say that because that wasn't because I, I hadn't decided that either at the time, you know what I'm saying? So I guess what I kind of did was I was like, okay, I guess I, I shouldn't just put this off and put him off and then get back to him with either a disappointing decision or a, I don't know what. So I just kind of let him say like, okay, I get, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Like, looks like I moved to Israel. So I guess I'll just stay here. That's really what happened. Uh, you know what I mean? And then, then, and then just, just, I, I do want to get to everyone's questions. I know oh, yeah, that, another, another habit. I want to hug the hug the screen here. But um, how long was it then before? I know we talked about last time how you you had an epiphany. You were you were sitting in a in a class and you and you really and the and the, the the rabbi who was speaking was talking about how a person in their professional oh, yeah. career right has to do what they are what they naturally are pulled towards and what they're good at. And and then you you said, does that apply to me? Or like I'm naturally good at acting, and I'm pulled towards acting. And just, is that what I should be doing? And your rabbit told, yeah, I always thought you should be acting. So yeah, what <laughs> right? it was, was thought, how long how long was there in between in between saying, yeah, I guess I'm in Israel, and 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 realizing, hey, I need to start getting back into this. Let me think. Probably eight years. Eight, wow, eight years maybe. Yeah, it's a long time. Yep. I just want to clarify, though, importantly, that was a, a, a class on uh, duties of the heart, and what was the epiphany part wasn't just what I like and what I'm good at and drawn to. It was specifically that the the author, was explaining how um, the effort that we need to make toward um, a, like a career or a parnasa, whatever, like our livelihood is... Um, like the first step or one of the first steps is choosing a career path that is suited for you. Right. Because if you go into something that's completely inappropriate for you, then it would really be like revealed miracles, like open miracles for Hashem to give you money that way. You know what I'm saying? So that's part of our effort, our, our part in making things look like not miracles, which is, you know, Hashem likes doing things like that. <laughs> like disguising things in nature, making things look natural just like any good artist and uh, sports figure is right. It's like, wow, they make it look easy. They make it look natural. That's what an expert does, right? They make something look natural. So, um, and hide things in nature. So a part of our efforts are choosing a career that that's appropriate to us. And then he was enumerating very specifically um, how, like, what are the steps toward doing that. So one of them, yes, is okay, it's something that you're naturally pulled towards, something you're good at, something that you're seeing success in relatively earlier on or whatever. But the one the the factor that made the epiphany for me was he said, um or the the safer said, the book said, it has to be something where you can handle the negatives of it. You know, because everything has negatives and positives and some things it's like, wow, I love, uh, let's say if you love like being a lawyer, oh, I just froze. 
Yeah, love being a lawyer, but you hate paperwork, or you'd love to be a doctor, but you can't stand the sight of blood, or I don't know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? If you can't handle, if the part that you can't handle outweighs the part and it's going to be too much at odds, then it's not the right career, even though you also love the parts that you love a lot. You have to be able to handle the negative. So that is what, that's what created the view for me. Why? Because when I was doing, let's say, please, I really, I think I really said this in the, in the, in the other like interview. Yeah. Which is, this is, no, this is a really important point, I think. Since you asked anyway, I'll just, you know, go into it again. Basically, when I was um not like after I was doing it for a career, I was doing, you know, they had plays every now and then, right? Like in Israel, there's women's plays and things like that in different projects. And so I was doing some, you know, performances with some women who are very, very talented, very talented, that I think they are performing on a professional level. Like they could be professional if they want to, in terms of where I'm coming from. And so many of them, I started noticing, would say things like, oh my gosh, I could, I would never want to do this as a career though. I'm like, why not? I'm thinking like, it's the funnest thing in the world. Like, why wouldn't, and you're good at it. Like, what the heck? And we're like, yeah, you have to like wait around so much and you have to like do things over and over again. It's so boring. It's so annoying. Like those two things were the things that the even very talented women that I was working with kept complaining about that. They were like, they could not handle that. And for me, I always like way before this class, I was like, so baffled. I'm like, are you joking? Like, that's such a big deal for you waiting around. You don't have to wait. Do something productive with your time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Read a book. Go over your lines. When I was working, when I was still in a school, like when I was doing in a harpy when I was in university, I would do my calculus homework in my, tra- I, I did calculus as an elective when I was in theater school and I would do my calc homework in my trailer while I was waiting for stuff. I'm like, that's Wait a, a second, a second. Stop right there. Who does calculus as an elective? Come on. <laughs> okay. I finally met the person who does calculus as an elective. Yeah, I got an A plus by the way. So. Wow. When I was in, when I was, in, when we were waiting outside in the, like the theater people from one of my theater classes in university, and I had my calc book open like before while we were waiting around. I remember one time like a couple of the theater people like gathered around and like, what is this? <laughs> like such an honor. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good question. That's funny. Anyway, yeah. So all these things, I didn't even realize that they were drawbacks at all. It's such a minimal nothing thing to me. And, the, and because I became aware during this interim period mm-hmm. that there are people who are also good at it and who are clearly also drawn to it and want it and they spend time doing it because they're doing these projects for, no, you know, but they couldn't handle waiting around a little or they couldn't handle like, okay, saying things over and over. Yeah, that's hard. It's part of the work. It is part of the, you know, but like I never even thought of those as drawbacks or anything. Like it never even occurred to me that that would be a reason that would hold me back from or memorizing a lot of lines or, you know what I'm saying? All of those work things. It was just, okay, that's part of it. And it's all like worth it. Like it wasn't even something I needed to get over or try to it was like a nothing. It was mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. So the fact that other people saw that as a drawback, then when I heard this in the class, that like you have to like be okay with the, with the negatives of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's what made me just what, how I approach it or how I experience it different from other people because I wouldn't have known that anybody could think of those as drawbacks because for me, it was so obvious that it was like such a, a non-entity, you know what I'm saying? It was such a nothing. 
So between those two factors that I've experienced other people being, Oh, I could never handle doing this because this is such a big deal. And I'm like, this is zero of a big deal, like negative zero. (laughs) And I take calculus and I just said negative zero. Just want to put that out there. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, so that, so now that, that triggered, I'm sure there was a lot in between, but that triggered a return to theater to to film to tv film, and that's yeah. and that's what you're you're now in, going in that direction again yeah so it was with newfound I'm sensibilities to actually because i was still in israel sorry what did you say so, sorry with newfound sensibilities and you know and sen- sensitivities hopefully. and under- yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah okay <laughs> Okay, very good. So now, uh, without right, without uh, further ado, I would love to invite our everyone who's listening in over here to ask questions. And you can turn on your video, please, if you would like to ask a question and unmute, unmute yourself. Actually, I might have to unmute you. Anybody? Don't make me be the only one to ask questions. Come on. Anybody there? Maybe you asked all the questions that anybody had. I guess I asked all the questions. Okay, so if nobody's asking, and I guess we'll see in the chat when they do, but um, I want to ask about Hollywood itself. So the impressions that that I had, in the, listen, I'm 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 like you in that I was I was raised with a sort of with a lot of Jewishness, but not an observant Jew, Jewish, mm. Jewish, uh, you know, not observant Jewish background. Mm. But even before that, I mean, very, the, the culture is very, the, the youth culture, maybe even in the, the non-youth culture, Hollywood is huge. Like you always want to know what's the next movie coming out. And it's, 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 it's you, you read the papers about what, you know, when people used to read papers, um, you know, like the, yeah, this movie and you're watching the Oscars paper. and like, it's, I mean, Hollywood is just like all pervasive Western culture. It's like, it, it dominates Western culture, mm. Hollywood and, and the music, you know, music and, and, and music and film, they dominate Western culture. So mm. it's, there's, there's a feeling, uh, an impression out there that, that it's it's fake it's it's a world of of you know there's every once in a while there's a real there's a there's a film that will move people but but there's so much fake people that that are are pumped pumped up their egos huge pumped up egos and um glamour that's that's nothing there's nothing real behind that and that's although he's always the criticism of hollywood so what are your what, what was your experience with, with people puffed up egos, um, glamour, meaningless glamour? Did you have any, any interaction with that? So that's a good question. So again, most of the work that I did was, I mean, there were some Hollywood productions, let's say, but they, all the work I did was filmed in Toronto because I just, for whatever reason, I wasn't interested in going to LA to work because I, the way that I looked at things is like, I like where I'm living. There's enough work. I'm working. I'm happy. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to go to actual physical Hollywood, you know, to work in LA. Whereas a lot of my friends were starting to do that. They would go for pilot season, like January, February, March at the time. And they would try to book a, a pilot, like an American pilot, because that's how, that's like a good way for a Canadian actor to get a visa, you know, to be able to work as an actor than you can in, in, in America. But I was just not interested in that. I just wasn't like, I was never really like, I didn't want to like be famous. That wasn't my goal. 
I even, it was, it was, it was an anti-goal, honestly. Like it was a drawback to me that acting happens to be like a spectator sport. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't really, unless, you know, you're talking about voiceover work, but you can't really do acting without being seen and being in front of people. But if I, if, if the thing that I happen to have been drawn to and good at whatever was like, that, you know, if I could do that without being seen, that would have been a preference for me. It's, you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I just wasn't interested in, you know, whatever, pursuing more, being, you know, going to America and doing, doing the thing over there. But, um, and they accommodated you. They, you wanted, you said well, I want to do all my shoots in, in Toronto. They said, that's fine. You can. No, nobody said anything. There's nothing to say. I just was there and that's it. And that's why I was doing work. There, there, whatever was filming in Toronto, I, my agents in Toronto were submitting me for stuff that was shooting in Toronto oh. and that's it. But the thing is that a lot, we call, Toronto is called Hollywood North, right? Okay. Cause like a lot of the production, because it's cheaper because of a lot of reasons, also because of our contracts, like the, the, you know, and also because of the dollar, there were, there were a lot of, um, and because of, I think tax stuff, whatever, there's a lot of, um, um, of benefits for American productions to shoot stuff in Toronto. So I there were a lot of Hollywood productions. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, sure. Hollywood North. Yeah. So, um, so like the, the, the movies that I did, let's say the TV movies, the, you know, Brave New Girl and Twitches and Twitches through like those are full on American productions. So that was, I guess, theoretically Hollywood. Cause when you first said Hollywood, I'm like, I never really go to Hollywood, but like I, I, I did do Hollywood productions, I guess, as it were. But, um, I didn't really, honestly, all of my experience, like I didn't really experience that much of what people talk about, about how like, you know, divas and like drama and like under, I really, really didn't. And I don't know if it's because, you know, people say like, Canadians are nice and everything. I think it's true. I don't think Americans are not nice. I think Americans are also nice. But <laughs> I just happen to not, thank God, you know, not have really experienced too much of um, anything of that nature. Like everyone was just really nice, super cool. Even the Americans that, I, you know, that worked in the American production, everyone was amazing, super, super cool, nice, understanding, accommodating. By the way, I also, I kept kosher that whole time also the whole time I was doing in a heartbeat Disney show um they would you know when they they cater lunch for everybody right on on the set so they would get me kosher food um also when sometimes like we would go out for dinners you know with the the producers or whatever on different productions and they would also they I would so they would they would bring me kosher wine kosher whatever and everyone was like Oh, cool. Like, tell, you know, like, can I try some? Wow. This is like amazing. And like, it's so cool that you, everything you eat, you eat for God. Cool. It's so hot. Like I'm telling you, like people are really like really, really, really cool about everything. Are you, are you unique in when you say that you would, you would rather that acting not be a spectator sport. You don't want to be seen. You don't want, you're not trying to build up your, your um, fame. (laughs) Are you unique in the world of acting or are there, did you meet other people that, that express the same feelings? I, I'm not really sure. I don't really know, but I know that a lot of like, I know that a lot of actors are introverts. I, I know that a lot of in, uh, actors are shy, you know, some people, like they say that also about stand up comics, right? That they say, oh, they stand up and they're saying crazy things in front of people. But like, let's say having this conversation or being, in, you know, I don't know if that's the same kind of thing. I don't know if I would say I'm an introvert either, but I didn't want, you know what I'm saying? But I know that a lot of actors, like, I, I, I think 
that it's, it's, I don't know how unique it is. You know what I'm saying? Cause again, that's another one of the stereotypes that I totally didn't relate to that people think, Oh, you're an actor. So you just like, you just want attention. You just want to stand up on a soapbox and just have people look at you and whatever. And I so didn't relate to that, especially at the beginning. Wow. Especially when I was starting out, I so, 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 so did not <laughs> relate to that at all that I could identify. So I, I don't know. How do you explain it? How do you explain that? It's, it's, this is new to me. I don't, I don't know about, I didn't read studies about yeah. stand-up comics and, and act. What, what is it? To, what is a shy actor? You want, you, uh, the understanding of acting is that you're, you're playing a role. You're telling a story mm-hmm. and it's the story is for people to relate to, to connect to. So it's for an audience. It's, you're not, you're not doing it privately because if it, it doesn't right. mean, right. It doesn't mean anything if you're doing it privately, you're just talking to yourself. All right. Well, let's so, say right? the yeah. writers, the writers telling the story. And they don't have to show up to tell it. They can, they can send it off to people and then hide. I, right. I, I, I like that idea. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. That's, a, that's a safer kind of idea okay. than like being, but, um, I you're not a writer. That, huh? You're not a writer. I, I, I have done writing, but I, my brother's a writer. So I was like, okay. okay, he can, he can do the writing. I'll do different stuff, you know, but I do. I'm also, uh, I also, I also have written things and everything, but it wasn't like a main thing. I never like pursued it or whatever, really. Um, certainly not during that whole era, but I'll tell you. So one of the things that I learned about, let's say public speaking, which I, I like try to pass on to other people who are, let's say nervous speaking in front of people is I think that idea, this idea I'm about to say applies to, to acting, I think, which is exactly what you're saying. It's about telling a story. It's about communicating things and, and you know, the emotion of things and the truth of things and whatever. So basically if somebody's speaking in public and, you know, they're nervous, they're self-conscious, right? So like um, what I learned, which this was the most brilliant speaking advice, was what you should do is just focus on like what you're saying. Why are you speaking? Did somebody ask you to speak about a certain topic that you are an expert on? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um. Because if like, is, is what you're saying important, right? Because if it's not, you shouldn't be saying it because there's no point. <laughs> and if it is, then that's what you should be focusing on, not yourself, right? When we're self-conscious, we're like, oh, I'm going to be talking and, and people are going to be looking at me. And what if I say something the wrong way? And what if I forget a word? And what if I say something like negative zero and look like an idiot? You know <laughs> And like, so then we're so self-conscious that if we make a mistake and we're going to be judged and whatever. But if you, if you say, look, there is value in what I'm saying and people can benefit from that. And if you focus on that and saying, look, I just, I happen to have this information or whatever. So I'm just going to focus on that, that I can, I can be a channel to help people get that information just because I happen to have it. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just like, if the, if the information, again, if the information is not important, don't say it. So if you're saying it or somebody is asking you to say it, that means it is important. It can help people and just try to take yourself out of the equation. And that's how you get not self-conscious. You're like content conscious, let's say. So I think for acting also, if there's a purpose to it, because people say like, oh, it's just entertainment, which I think that's also important to a certain degree, hopefully with some sort of content or, you know, <laughs> or a message or something ideally. But I think even just like 
bringing people into, you know, uh, um, like a, a, a relate, potentially relatable world, an emotional world, a, a, you know, something that can open their eyes to something or, or, or reveal truths about themselves or give them insight into themselves or relationships or something about the world that they could apply to their own. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you see the value that there is value in what you're doing, then, okay, like this happens to be that the, the, the way that, you know what I'm saying? That, that an actor is, is if you're able to tap into that emotional world and convey it in a hopefully, you know, realistic enough way that it's, that it, that it reaches people or moves people or, 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 or relates that message in, in a way that can, that can touch people and have an impact, then that's why you're doing it. And that's, or hopefully the main reason or one of the reasons. And then you have to just say, okay, like I'm here to do the work. I'm here to, to, to be involved in this and bring that message. And you try to just say, okay, it just happens to be part of the territory, you know, and then you hopefully get used to it also. And it's fine. It's not like as big a deal as it used to be. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it wasn't, it doesn't at all necessarily have to at all be a pull or a reason it's something to get over i think a lot of times so yeah do, do you speak with other people who are actors actresses and discuss the meaning of the work that you're doing i mean yeah sometimes like when it yeah. when it comes up <laughs> sure okay. like in classes or with a particular project it's just it just kind of goes without saying you don't say like oh what's the meaning in this it's just like Oh, because like it just comes up as part of the. If you're discussing anything about it, then it's goes without saying that hopefully there's some purpose. No, no. I mean, I mean, I, I imagine. I I don't know. I used to do actually I used to do theater in high school, but Ooh. but um, I'm I don't. I imagine that when you want to get into a role, uh, you you have you have a piece. You have let's say I'm just thinking of a play, or you have there's a film, and the film is going to accomplish something. Hopefully, not just making money, but it's going to be something that's that's meaningful to people. Whether mm-hmm. even if it means even if it's an adventure, it's going to be something that that's a lot of fun. It's Indiana Jones. It's you know you're going you know you're having you're having a good time, and 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 you feel like and, and when that theme music. Yeah starts playing you feel like you feel swept away so um so uh, is there is there any like is there ever like a, a sort of like meta session where you guys are you take yourself out of the picture and you say what are we accomplishing with this project but you know is what what meaning can what good and light can we bring to the world with with what we're doing here sure but i'm saying like it's not necessarily the act no i'm saying if i didn't write indiana jones but i'm hired to be in it right not, like yeah of course it's i i should try like it's probably gonna end up being deeper work if i can understand and connect to the the deeper meaning but if i'm not creating the project if i'm not writing it or producing it it's not really right it's not we they're, they're, it's the actors are not going to get together necessarily and talk about the meta meaning of it, except for how it applies to how will this enrich my role in this? How can this enrich? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Cause it's not, if we're creating a project and saying, how can we bring something to the world that's going to be m- meaningful or whatever? It's because we're, we're having, like, we're not going to change the script of something that we're hired to do. Right. So of course we want to find the meaning of it, but it's more like the meaning in our own character and our own role, because that's what, you know, that's what we're brought in to do. What's your, what's your favorite film? Like in the whole world that I ever watched? All time favorite. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, I don't know. I'm not really, you know, another thing that was funny, I guess, that people found funny, that also before I was really just when I was just like working full time as an actor, like I'm not really into films. <laughs> I'm not like such a film buff. I just like that thing. I don't know why. It's not my fault. I don't know. I really don't know. I was just I like doing it when I was a kid, but I didn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't even because I wanted to like, again, like be in movies or anything mm-hmm. or be like, I just liked acting. I just didn't, it wasn't like the, the whole wider picture of like what people do, what actors do and what films are and how like, I, that just wasn't part of what I was, do you know what I'm saying? I just okay. didn't, yeah, I not because there's anything wrong with that. Some people get into acting because they love film, but I'm, I just, I like films, but. To you, is there a difference between working on uh, live theater and, and film? Is... Oh yeah, for sure. What, what is that difference? You're seeing from the actor's point of view? Yeah, from your point of view. Well, first of all, they're very, very different mediums. I can use that word because theater, there's different, like, you know, you need to like be a little bit over the top so that the people in the back row can hear you and see you and blah, blah, blah. So you still need to be, obviously you need to be coming from a, from a, a, a point of like, you know, truth and honesty and honest expression and you know what I'm saying? But um it needs to be bigger and louder and grandioser or whatever. Sometimes that's, that's going, you know, understanding. Whereas with film, it's part of why I personally, I, prefer film for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is because it's such a stubble medium, you know, and it's close up, like it catches you lying. Do you know what I'm saying? When you, when you watch a show, you can tell if the, I think so anyway, I don't know, maybe not, but people can tell if the, if the actors are, are being sincere or not, if you're like lying, it'll, it'll come through much more, which is scary, obviously. And, um, but it's like a much more intimate medium. Lying. You mean if you're not totally in character? And, if you, and don't, if you don't believe what you're, what, like what, honest what you're, expression, you're yeah. yeah, honest, honest expression and, and, um, and like communication or relation between the characters and, in, you know what I'm saying? And your responses and your reactions and your emotional world and everything like that. It's, it's, it's very, very sensitive, the camera, you know what I'm saying? So I like that it's more, um, you know, realistic, naturalistic and, um, conversational, let's say. You can say that, but, um, so I like that, but theater also has its own, um, what's it called? It has its own, um, you know, it's like, you can't do it again. You have to be like, if you're in, like, let's say with film, if you're in the moment and you're whatever, and then there was like, you know, oh, sorry, you know, the light, something happened with the light, like some technical thing. And we have to do it again. It's a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? It's a little frustrating. Whereas in theater, if you, um, if you like, you're, you're, you're on, you're on, like, you know, that this is like, this is it basically it's live, you know? So there's, I think there's, there's a lot of positives to that as well. Oh, but you prefer film for the reasons you said. Yeah. Okay. Is there any, <laughs> is there any, any particular hilarious episode of, uh, of gaffes and blunders that you can, uh, you can share with us? And this this has nothing yeah. to do with anything. Um, it, it, people people always love the 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 blunder reel, the the, the blooper reel. Oh gosh, what from something that I filmed? Yeah. Oh man. I mean the the acting experience, like especially in theater, since things can go so wrong, you know. <laughs> oh, with theaters, you're saying because it's live? Yeah. Oh gosh, hold on. 
Give me a minute to think about that, okay? Okay. Okay, so I don't know if you would count this as such a blooper, but um, ugh. I'm sure that right after we stop, I'm going to think of like the most hilarious thing that happened. And <laughs> um, But right now, the only thing that's coming to mind is there was an episode of In a Heartbeat where... Now, In a Heartbeat is, is, is an animated series? No, that oh. was the Disney, the Disney series that was uh, on camera. Okay, sorry. Pardon my ignorance. No, it's okay. <laughs> There's no reason why you should know that. Um, okay, so there's one episode where um, me and my friend Regan Pasternak, who played Val, um, was a great actress and a great person. So we, we had this scene where, like, my character was helping her character, like, make this um, dessert or whatever. And, and, and it had this like whipped cream or it's supposed to be whipped, whatever it is. Anyway, they made it whipped cream. And what was supposed to happen was she was like, so I was telling her, Oh, it's, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be crunchy, you know? And she's like, Oh, I'm so like, I'm so hopeless at this, whatever. And she was supposed to throw it down, like on the, like throw one of them down on, on the counter or something. And it was supposed to like splash on my face or something. Uh And then it was supposed to, uh, throw it back at her and we were supposed to have this whole whipped cream fight. You know what I'm saying? So the way that we rehearsed it was that, yeah, she was going to like throw it on the thing. And then I don't know, we were going to reset it. I don't remember what we were going to do, but some sort of like, you know, that it was supposed to like splash on my face to make sure that it got on my face. So what she did was what she um, is because they wanted to get like a better reaction out of like a better surprise reaction out of me. So what she did was she had planned. I don't know if this was from the director or not, but she was like, Anyway, they told me that that's how they were going to do it and just throw it down and however. So what ended up doing when, when we did the first take of it, when they were recording, she's like, Oh, I'm so no good at this, whatever. And she just threw it straight up my cheek. <laughs> she just threw it right on my face. <laughs> whatever. That's it to get like a better reaction of me. And then I was like, and then I just continued and it did. And the truth is it did kind of fuel me better to, to, uh-huh. to enjoy throwing it back at her afterwards. So that was a good move anyway. So you can see it cause that's the one that they used in the episode. Cause that's, that's the way to do things. You know what I mean? You kind of have to mess around with people sometimes uh, and to get, to get that authentic reaction. You sometimes have to exactly. switch things up and uh, uh-huh. got it. <laughs> that was cute. Very good. Okay. Yeah, now I, I know hilarious bloopers that I'm forgetting about. So sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> that's that's fine. very good. Okay. So if there's, uh, let me ask you, Jackie, is there anything that you would want any, anything I didn't ask that you would want to say that mm-hmm. people, people commonly ask about, about which, which, where you've gone and how your whole uh, trajectory. Um, it's okay if there's nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just prepared for a Q&A, so which means I didn't prepare at all. Yeah. yeah I okay. okay. Yeah, people ask me questions, a, I guess I'll answer them. So. It, it was a Q&A, but it was just you and I again, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you so Bye. much for your time. Okay. Thank oh, you. Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank much. you for sharing that with us. Okay, and you should have oh, a lot of success. Go. What, what, sorry? Oh, always a pleasure talking to you. Please yes. Continue. Okay, you should have a lot of success going forward, and we're looking forward to seeing your you bringing all of your talents to bear on the world of animated voiceovers and film and tv and theater wherever it is that that god takes you 
Amen. Thank you so much. And <laughs> blessings to everyone and whatever is their path and trajectory. It should all be the right thing and with blessing and and help. Again, how do you mm-hmm. say that in English? Heavenly help. <laughs> there you go. Heavenly assistance. Heavenly okay. assistance. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye. You've just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast, brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe, the podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at ourtribe at podcastfellowship.org. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.